just the closing process could take two or three months. And that's from getting your offer accepted. So that doesn't even factor in how competitive the space is. So just be patient and be willing to put in an enormous amount of effort and work and good things will happen. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluffy stuff with us today. Hayden Harrington. How you doing, Hayden? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, Joe. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It's my pleasure. A little bit about Hayden. He's a real estate entrepreneur focused on multifamily syndications, His company has $30 million of assets under management. He's a managing partner, speaking of his company, at Momentum Multifamily, based in Richardson, Texas. So with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. Thanks again for having me on. So like you mentioned, based here in Richardson, which is a suburb of North Dallas. Been here for about eight years now and originally from the Woodlands, Texas, down on the north side of Houston. And that's really where I got my start in real estate, doing actually fix and flips and rentals with my dad growing up through my teenage years. That's really where I was exposed to it. First, I got a taste for it, but ultimately through doing some rehabs and flips with him, it kind of opened my eyes to wanting to go bigger. And obviously multifamily was that next natural step. And it took me a while to kind of figure out how the game is played and how it works, but finally landed that first deal earlier in January of 2021. And Currently got our second one under contract and set to close actually next month. So we're excited. Well, congratulations on all the above. You said it took you a while to learn how the game is played. How long did it take and what'd you learn? Good question. It really took probably four or five years. I started really set my sights on the commercial side of things around 2016, 2017. And at first I wanted to do everything myself because that's really all I was exposed to on the single family stuff. It was just me and my dad doing all the work ourselves. And that's really all I had ever seen is just, we got to do it ourselves and make things happen. And so for a long time, I had that dream of, I want to get into commercial. I'm going to find that one investor. He's going to write me a a million dollar check. I'm going to go out and buy a commercial property and I'm going to be off and running. And that dream got me nowhere. (laughs) So it was a lot of trial and error for a while, just understanding the reality of the commercial real estate space and educating myself on the different niches, like where I wanted to start, because there's so many different places that you can start, whether that be development, whether it's buying existing multifamily, buying office, triple net commercial and so forth. So spent some time really just exploring and talking to people in each of those areas and ultimately set my sights on multifamily. And from there, again, you have more challenges that you're presented with and how to get a seat at the table of a syndication or become a general partner. And there's definitely a learning curve involved with that. And for a long time, I knew proximity was power. I knew I just wanted to be around people doing deals. So I'd meet somebody that's experienced and I'd offer, hey, I'll work for free. You know, I just want to be around the people that are making deals happen because I knew that was the fastest way to learn. And I got a number of doors actually closed on me and nobody would accept that offer. And for me, for a while, I was kind of left scratch my head. I'm like, man, I'm smart. I'm capable. What am I doing wrong here? And it wasn't until I really put myself in their shoes and looked at it from their perspective of what I was actually offering when I had my light bulb moment. And when I did that, I realized that what I was asking for was not 
offering them value. It was offering their time and resources and energy to educate me. So it really wasn't a great deal for them. So until I looked at it from that perspective, it really wasn't making a whole lot of progress and was just dealing with a lot of frustration. So I began to look at it from a different angle and a different approach. And I said, okay, in my mind, what are the things that are going to speak to a syndicator or somebody that's experienced? And the two things that popped up were deals and capital. In my mind, those were the two things that were actual tangible value to get a seat at that table. And I knew finding a deal would be extremely difficult, especially when you're just starting out. It's hard to even know what a deal is, honestly. And if you're looking at everything on LoopNet or Crexy, there's a reason why most of those deals are there. And so the good deals really are only sent to those that are experienced. So a broker's not going to waste their time on somebody they've never heard of. And I knew that. And so I, I really set my sights on the capital side. And that's ultimately how I was able to bring some skills to the table and, and get a deal done. When you were originally looking for a deal by yourself, what type of deal were you looking for? Honestly, I was just scouring LoopNet and Crexy, those online sites, just trying to make sense of it. And like I said, in the beginning, I was kind of looking at different types of assets, but I wasn't getting anywhere. I was, I was trying to make some relationships with brokers and so forth. I tried to make my own underwriting model and a lot of it wasn't great. And so after not making a whole lot of progress, I just kind of discarded that idea. I said, hey, I need to actually go and fine tune this strategy, get around people that are actually doing deals so that I can be pointed yep. in the right direction. Got it. Okay. Whatever the property type ended up being by yourself, how are you planning on funding it? Yeah, like I said, hopes and dreams of having some investor <laughs> believing me enough to write me a big check, but obviously that didn't get me anywhere. So that was not a great approach. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Well, you got the first deal in January, 2021. What was it? It was a 228 unit property in Northeast Houston, property built in 2012. It was formerly called Sink at Liberty Hills, and we rebranded it as the Henry at Liberty Hills. It's kind of our brand that we want to stamp down there in Houston on all the properties we buy down there. But we bought it for just shy of about $30 million, paid $128 a door. We actually got it at a five cap. So looking back, we feel pretty good about that, especially where things are at now. But really kind of an interesting, and just to wind it back, my partner, Dustin, and I, we've been teamed up for about three years now. And we how'd, weren't you, meet, how'd you meet Dustin? Yeah. So that's just in my own educational process and trying to understand how the game was played. I started networking. And like I said, I knew proximity was power. I want to get around people. That was kind of my approach to add value was I'd ended up meeting Dustin and I threw out an idea. I said, Hey, what if we start a, a networking group here and kind of make it a little different to help us stand out. And in that way, I can not only put him in a good light, but also, we can work together to build an investor list or, in other words, a pool of equity that we could potentially pull from when that deal eventually came. And so we started working together in early 2019 and did the meetup for a little over a year until COVID shut us down. But we were getting 100 plus people out every month. And that's really how I was able to kind of get my name on the map. And we built a pretty sizable database from it. That's awesome. Let's talk more about that. But just so I'm clear on where you met Dustin, you said networking, but what specific networking event did you meet Dustin at? There was a, a networking app, it's called Shaper, and we connected through there. And then I just threw it out there. I was like, hey, can I take you out to lunch? The app's kind of similar to LinkedIn. And I saw that he had experience in multifamily. And I said, hey, I want to take you out to lunch if you have some time and just wanted to ask some questions. So I think it was on our second lunch that we did that because we kind of hit it off and got along right away. And 
that's when through the idea out there, I was like, Hey, what if we start this networking event together? And that honestly, that was a challenge for me because growing up, I was very introverted, very shy for a long time. And I knew throwing that idea out there, I was like, Oh man, if I'm co-hosting a networking event, I'm going to have to speak in front of all these people. And honestly went back and forth in my mind, whether or not to bring it up. And I'm, I'm grateful I did looking back because so much has come of it. And I think that's a product of what happens when you take those chances, you take those risks and you kind of believe in yourself because if not a limiting belief that I held within my mind, keep me from achieving my goals. And so that's when I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm an, I don't care how it goes. I'm going to throw this out there and put forth as much effort as I can and see what happens. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Mark your calendars for the best ever conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. So with that meetup, clearly it was successful with 100 plus people shortly after you started it. And you said you wanted to do something different. So Tell us, what'd you do? So a couple things. Like I said, I was going around to different events too, just trying to understand how the game is played. And I realized that the people that were putting the events on were the ones that were doing deals. So that was a big realization for me. But the problem I saw was all these events were done at restaurants or bars and crowded, hard to hear places. They didn't have a sophisticated way of checking people in. It was kind of a table that you do it yourself. And I started to see all these things as opportunity. I was like, well, I don't have the best handwriting. I'm sure a lot of people out there don't either. One simple thing, if you misspell or when you're putting in your database, you put one wrong letter in an email address and that's a lost lead, right? Mm -hmm. And so doing stuff like a digital check-in where we had a computer or an iPad that would be on the backside of a website that I built for us that would automatically add people to a CRM. So just trying to minimize the room for error and maximize efficiencies. And then also doing automated follow-up emails from the time that they submit that form. Two hours later, when the event's over and they're getting home, they're already getting hit with a follow-up thank you email. And then a big thing was putting them in an environment that will help them network, getting them out of the restaurant. That was my number one criteria. I said, we're not doing it at a restaurant. We got to get it out of that. Because the problem with that is you sit down at a table and you're locked in that seat, right? Yep. 
you're talking to the guy to your right or your left, and that's where you spend the next hour and a half. And that's a major issue when you're trying to build your network, right? Mm-hmm. So we said, we're done with the restaurants. We started in a, a title company's office up here in Dallas, actually, Madison Title. They were <laughs> gracious enough to open up their office after hours. They actually catered food for us. It was great. And then to further that too, again, like I said, I was kind of naturally introverted and I wasn't the best at networking. So basically just solved the problem for myself, which was, we called it a graceful exit. Trying to get out of conversations can sometimes be very difficult when you're networking because you don't want to come across as rude, right? Yep. So we essentially just addressed that problem that everybody's thinking. And every 10 minutes, we forced people to mix it up. We actually would ring a cowbell and that was their signal. So, okay, time's up, exchange business cards, go meet somebody else. And people loved it. The first meetup, I think we had 20, 25 people, and then it was 45, and then it was 70, and that was 100 plus. So it grew very, very quickly. And essentially, we just wanted to help people network more efficiently. And that Mm -hmm. was really the only problem that we were solving. That digital check-in is the attendee, the one putting their info into the iPad? Yep, Absolutely. Describe the flow of the event, will you? From the moment you go in to when you leave as an attendee, what am I experiencing as far as content and different setups that you have structured? We eventually moved it to the Westin in Las Colinas here in the mid-city. So it was a big conference room at a nice brand new hotel. We'd have them come in and check in outside the room that we were holding it in. And then we had somebody writing down their name tags. So everybody's name tag was all in the same font. It's clear and legible. That's another problem too that we solved because sometimes it can be just hard to read people's names and their handwriting. So we had somebody with good handwriting writing down their name tags. They'd be checking in. Then they'd go and network for a little bit. And we'd kind of introduce ourselves up on stage and some sponsors that we had we then let people network for the next hour, rotating every 10, 15 minutes and gave them free food. So there's always food and drinks. Then the second hour of the event, we would do a speaker. So we'd have the speaker come in and we had Michael Becker come one time, James Kanasami, John Montero. We had a bunch of pretty well-known, especially around Dallas, people that would come and speak on different topics. So you get kind of the best of both worlds. We're not sitting you down for two hours and just giving you a presentation, but we're allowing you to connect with some people and then also giving you some education to take home as well. What's the cost, if any, to attend? It was always free. We gave people free food and it was free to attend. That's one thing. We didn't want to put a price tag on it because honestly, we wanted as many people as we could possibly get out. So we left it free for people. And I think they really appreciated that. How would you promote it? Mainly just through social media, honestly, and meetup. That was kind of our kind of big avenues to promote it. Not anything special, really. Once they'd be signed up, we'd obviously send reminders and stuff like that. I think that's a big one just because people get busy and we were only doing it once a month. So sometimes you put it on your calendar or you register for something and you kind of forget about it. So we made sure to send people reminders and make sure that they knew when and where it was. How often would the reminders be? normally would do a week before and then morning of, and then kind of like an hour before a reminder. So we do typically three, maybe four reminders kind of leading up to the events. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to start your own syndication business or maybe you've tried, but you've been unable to get your first apartment deal? 
Well, it's hard. I know firsthand getting started in syndication is not easy. So have you considered working with a mentor? Imagine working one-on-one with a full-time syndicator who can help you do your first apartment building deal faster, help you avoid big mistakes, and scale your portfolio. If you feel like I'm speaking to you right now, then I want you to check out the mentoring program from my friend, Michael Blanc, who specializes in helping people get started with apartment buildings. I've known Michael for many years now, and he genuinely wants to help people become financially free. He developed a proven system and has helped hundreds of people do their first apartment building deal. I know he can help you as well. To find out more, text the word Joe. J-O-E, to 66866. I know Michael's going to take care of you. Go ahead and text the word Joe, J-O-E, to 66866. Do it right now while it's fresh on your mind, and let's get you started with your own apartment syndication business. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors, and I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. You had a lot of people and then COVID hit. So now what are you doing with that meetup? We transitioned to do a lot more online stuff. And I think that was a big pivotal moment too, because a lot of people, as soon as COVID hit, especially in our space, they just kind of stopped doing stuff. A lot of people had local meetups and they never really made the transition online. And We started doing webinars and online networking events, and we actually were able to build our list significantly faster than we were before and also expand our reach. So we pivoted very quickly and just started doing monthly educational webinars. We do biweekly networking events with people all over the country. And I think the first few months we were getting at least double or triple the amount of people added to our list just because we could expand our reach, especially up front. Everybody was excited to hop on different networking events. There was some definite Zoom fatigue over the subsequent months, but really at first we were getting at least twice, if not three times as many more contacts added to our list every single month. And now are you still doing those Zoom networking events? Yeah, absolutely. We just finished up a three-part series. We did kind of life cycle of a deal. So 
we did one videos in the series per month. The first one we did, Dustin and I were on underwriting and then Gary Lipsky came on the following month and did an asset management webinar to our audience. And then Rob Beardsley of Lone Star Capital just recently did a, a case study on a full cycle transaction. And then we still do the every other week virtual networking on Zoom as well. Are you doing this full time? Yep. What's been the biggest challenge? Actually, before you answer that, you were learning for four to five years how to approach getting a deal. How are you supporting yourself? So out of college, I actually started a nutrition company, did that and grew that for a few years. And then when I exited that, that's really when I went all in on multifamily. Definitely had to make some sacrifices too, because I knew in my mind, it's the coffees, it's the lunches, it's those meetings that are spontaneous where all the value is found. And if I was tied up too much, I'd miss out those opportunities and I didn't want that. So I had to do things like sell my car and just go all in on this bet on multifamily. And I think that definitely paid dividends, but it's very challenging to get off the ground because the barrier to entry is very high, especially for somebody that's young. So definitely had to make some sacrifices along the way. When you sold your car, how did you get around DFW? I drove my grandfather's old Jeep around for a couple of years. So thankfully had that, but that kind of afforded me the ability to go in and make that sacrifice. So not everybody has something like that. Thankfully I did and was able to go forward with that. And What'd you do with the money when you sold the car? Where'd that go? Straight into savings. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little savings plus proceeds from that and did a couple of little jobs and stuff, but that was all into savings. Just to try to keep myself afloat and keep the dream alive. Wow. Good for you on that nutrition company. What'd you sell it for? Yeah, I'm not able to disclose that, but it was a good venture. We ended up growing it into about 90 different stores across eight different states. So it seven, was a seven figure sale to you? Not quite, not but quite. we, we didn't know. Pretty healthy. Yeah, it was still a good business. And I credit that business a lot because it actually taught me a lot, especially the marketing and branding side, because at first, frankly, we were broke. And so I had to figure out how to build a website, how to design a product, all that stuff I had to kind of take on myself. And a lot of those skills translated to real estate because a business is a business. Ultimately, investors are customers and the same principles apply to selling a product as selling an investment. What's something, if you speak to someone who says, yeah, I, I want to get into multifamily, but they were where you were years ago, what's something you would tell them to do less of that you did? And what's something you would tell them to do more of that you did? I'd say don't try to do it all yourself because for a long time, that's what I tried to do and it got me nowhere. So be willing to specialize, be willing to focus on where you can add value and not try to do it all. Multifamily is absolutely a team sport. And I think focusing on a role that you can be really good at and bring a lot of value to the table, I think that would definitely serve you well in the long run. And just to add to that, just be patient. These are long relationships, not only with the partners that you're in, but also the properties, the deals themselves. It's not like you're flipping these in a month. We underwrite to five-year holds. So these are long-term transactions. They take time to put together. I mean, just the closing process could take two or three months and that's from getting your offer accepted. So that doesn't even factor in how competitive the space is. So just be patient and be willing to put in an enormous amount of effort and work and good things will happen. Based on your experience, taking a step back, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I think my best piece of advice really goes back to 
just believing in why you're doing this. What's your why to begin with? I think that's the most important question to ask yourself is what's your purpose behind that? Because you're going to face a lot of closed doors. You're going to face a lot of hurdles, a lot of objections, and your why is what's going to keep you going. So having that the center of your focus and having a lot of clarity around what that why is, I think is the best advice I can give. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. Best ever book you've recently read? Oh, um, that's a good question. I really like The E-Myth. Read that one recently. Kind of ties into what we're talking about here as well. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? Best ever way to give back is we've actually done some charity events. And that's something we're really excited about within Momentum Multifamily is continuously giving back to not only our investors and getting them involved, but also the community as well. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Just check out our website, MomentumMultifamily.com. Feel free to reach out at Hayden at MomentumMultifamily.com as well. Hayden, bravo on what you've done and thank you for sharing your story. I know it will be inspirational and helpful to a lot of best ever listeners who are starting out, especially in commercial real estate. And thanks for talking about the meetup and how you positioned it differently and proved upon the experiences that you had attending other meetups and are enjoying the results of those improvements with a lot of people attending. So nice work on that. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and talk to you again soon. Thank you, Joe.